This is John Shannon with Radio Free Galisteo. And I am speaking with Rosie Acosta, who is an author. She's also a yoga and meditation teacher. And holistic health coach. She's written a book called You Are Radically Loved, which goes along with her website, which is radicallyloved.com. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And also I have a podcast by that name and I try to incorporate Radically Loved as much as possible, whenever possible, it really is the gist. Rosie, what does it mean to be radically loved? <sighs> I love this question so much because I feel like it's a choose your own adventure type of question that's going to mean different things to everyone. I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that it just means one specific thing. I think for a lot of people, being radically loved just means feeling and being supported by your environment, your surroundings, maybe your community, maybe just your own ability to anchor into yourself to continue to move forward on your path. Um, for me, very much so, it's all of it. And I try to because I'm sort of this temperament or my temperament seems to be more of the pessimistic type. Hmm. I have to really lean into being optimistic and being anchored into the idea of the potential and hope. And so I think that's a lot of the times what fuels my content or my teachings, anything that I'm doing at the time. Okay. And we've, as we've said, uh, you're a yoga meditation teacher, uh, holistic health coach, but, uh, and I mean, there, there are plenty of folks out there that, that do, do the sort of thing, but your background is probably quite a bit different from what you'd consider your standard uh, yoga meditation teachers. You grew up in East LA during the 90s. Uh, you were basically surrounded by gangs. There was drug use and violence all around you. How did you get from that circumstance to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, that's it is a little bit of an anomaly, isn't it? Um, what's interesting is that when you grow up in an environment like that, yeah, it was East LA. It was during a very chaotic time in LA history. It's funny because everybody else that you're growing up with is growing up with the same type of experience. So your experience isn't really noteworthy. So for me to grow up in a situation like that wasn't abnormal. It was totally normal. And I didn't actually think there was anything not that there is anything wrong with growing up that way. I mean, you just end up coming out with some severe issues <laughs> a lot of the times. And so my issues were manifesting themselves as severe panic attacks and anxiety. And I had insomnia and I was really struggling with uh, self-regulation. I started to numb with substances so that I wouldn't have to feel the anxiety. And it was a really vicious cycle. Uh, I started to get in trouble with the law because all of it goes hand in hand, especially when you're, you're in an environment where education isn't really a cornerstone to a successful life. Making money is and just surviving on the streets is. So 
it was very much part of the modus operandi of the time. And I ended up getting arrested a handful of times, but on the the last big run, uh, I got arrested for trying to steal a car, uh, which happened to be a, a cop car. And I got into a lot of trouble and I, it was then that I really made that decision to, um, you know, even, even as I was going through the motions of this experience as a young adolescent, I knew that this wasn't the way that my life was supposed to go. I think everybody has that inner knowing within themselves, that small and still voice that says, this is only temporary. And so I, I think for a long time, I I used that as my sort of like safety blanket, my binky, you know, that I thought, oh, this is short term. This isn't going to last forever. And so I, I just knew that after that incident getting arrested, I was on probation for two years and I didn't really have a choice. I, I could have continued on on that troubling path because it's so easy to do. You're surrounded by your friends and bad influences, even sometimes family members. So it really became a act of defiance to not be a part of the system, to do the opposite uh, of engaging in bad behavior, um, which was really difficult because when you're a young teen all you want to do is fit in and you don't even know who you are and you just want to be accepted and part of something and so it was really difficult to spurn myself from my tribe for two years um, which actually ended up setting me on a different path so when you say how do you go from growing up the way you did to where I am now and I would have to attribute it to that time to being on probation to getting arrested to really seeing what other things were possible how to spend my time I spend a lot of my lunchtime recess in the school library reading books and learning about I was really into new agey things and astrology and learning about yoga philosophy and meditation I thought it was just really cool and different and so I, I was really into it and little by little my life began to change and ultimately it set me on on the path that I'm on now. You mentioned yoga as uh, and reading about yoga during this this time that you were on probation. Was there a particular person, instructor, author that you turned to uh, with within that field? that helped you get on the path? Yeah, there was, my mom actually was the one that first introduced me to any of it. Her, a friend of hers had mentioned that yoga and meditation might help my anxiety attacks. And she had given her some pamphlets from the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is like a yogic center new age very into yogic philosophy and yoga practices and i think that is what opened the door after that it was 
uh, my own research uh, specifically, I read uh, Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn, who's also a, a longtime uh, mindfulness teacher. And uh, it, it didn't make any sense to me. You know, sometimes you read these things that are too heady. And when you're young, they kind of just go over your head. You don't really understand. Uh, but I know that uh, the one impression that I had from his books and his teachings was don't let anyone, essentially, don't let them take, just because somebody takes your time doesn't mean they need to take their your mind too, right? So somebody can maybe do something to you, but if you continue to think about it and perpetuate that energy, essentially they're taking your mind as well. It's like when we live in the past or we're constantly projecting into the future, we're angry or upset at somebody, we let them live rent free in our mind. And I didn't really like that. I was always very controlling, even as a child. Uh, and so I think that that helped. It's, it's been a source of huge help. And it's also been one of my biggest, what do you say, like Achilles heel in, in my journey to self-love and healing. So you were, um, you grew up Catholic. It's a Catholic Latino household that you came from. That also, I guess, as much as being in, in uh, East LA and being around uh, gangs and all that, it, it, it would seem to be sort of a departure from a Catholic upbringing. Did you find there was some sort of conflict between what you were studying and your Catholic home life? Yeah, I was, uh, I'd say I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> I was kicked out of catechism classes when I was still like 11 or I don't remember. I was really young. I was like maybe 10 or 11. I can't remember exactly. Um, I was kicked out of Catholicism essentially at a really young age because I was asking too many questions and mm -hmm. I just never went back and nobody really seemed to have an issue with it. My grandma, um, my little grandmother who is still alive and with us. Uh, she's amazing. She grew up in a small little ranch town in Mexico. Uh, she comes from Peruvian des descent. And so a lot of their belief system stemmed and still these very indigenous types of rituals. So there was still a lot of tinctures and herbs and certain types of prayers. It wasn't necessarily so rigid. Like my mom's side of the family was very rigid, Catholic, very Spanish style church and formal and like zero. Uh, I don't know. Like it, there was, it was just very rigid and formal and straight up non Roman Catholic. Yeah, so Roman Catholic, the, very, the very much. Yeah, I mean, she comes from there's like 16 brothers and sisters. Like she comes from a huge family and they're all very, yeah. And my, my grandmother, what my grandma that I speak about is my father's mother. And so she's the one that raised my older sister and I, but definitely there's a lot more fluidity in that type of system where she was very, she was also very Catholic, but in a more uh, ritualistic type of, I don't know, like just knew a lot of about different saints and different types of old indigenous traditions that had been passed down for centuries 
in her family and and especially the her mother her grandmother they were all midwives and so there was still that element and i think that's the element that was really open to me learning different things it, it, i never at any point actually and nobody's ever asked that before but now that i'm thinking about maybe this is not how you meant the question but nobody had ever uh made me feel different or like i was worshiping the devil or anything because right. i was studying mindfulness and yoga it was always very accepted no that that was that was the direction i was going i didn't I didn't mean that you needed to be exercised or anything <laughs> right <laughs> But uh, and and what you I did have family members. I did have family, but they weren't Catholic. They were Christian, and and that was the Christian side was definitely way more like more the more evangelical. Uh, yes, you're you're going to hell because yeah, I got mm -hmm. you. Well, everything you just said actually probably uh, I, I think is going to resonate very well with with our listening audience. We're here in uh, New Mexico, Galisteo, New Mexico, which is northern New Mexico, and there's a real mix of both the indigenous and Catholic traditions here. So, you know, that idea that you had uh, certainly a grandmother and, and I'm sure this is the case here. Many grandmothers, great grandmothers uh, blended the, the indigenous traditions with their Catholicism. So that, uh, that will certainly uh, ring true uh, out here. So basically, certainly from your perspective, it, there was nothing strange about having this sort of mindfulness practice and getting to your, your inner being, uh, because it, it probably was connected to, as you said, what your grandmother had been doing, uh, which was following things that her grandmother and her grandmother before that were, were doing. This is Radio Free Galisteo. Music and information from the Galisteo Basin. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported. Go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and click on our Patreon support button to become an active supporting member of Radio Free Galisteo. Why did you write this book? Uh, you have you have a podcast. You have a, uh, a a website following. What what compelled you to put this down uh, in a in a tome and get it out there? Yeah, that's such a great question. In fact, I wanted to write the book, and the reason I I created a website and a podcast was because I wanted to write a book. Interestingly enough, uh, that was part of the uh, incentive, right, to create a platform and to build. A following of sorts, I guess. Um, the book idea was really interesting because I love to write. I, I'm since you know I have a book that I wrote when I was five, so huh. I'm a I'm a big journaler. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a writer, even though I've just published the book. I I still feel very much. It's like a like being a runner. I've run I've run four marathons, and I still don't necessarily consider myself a runner. Right. Um, so I would say I feel the same way with writing, but writing has always been my most favorite medium of expression. More than speaking, more than making TikToks and Instagram reels, writing has just always created that fresh 
leaflet of emotion, tone, and expression. Mm. So it is it was always something that I knew I wanted to do in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily think that it would happen this soon in my lifetime. I, I was thinking, you know, like maybe once I'm, you know, maybe my mid 50s, 60s, once I've retired and had kids and all that, that that's when it would happen. Uh, because I have like different careers in my mind for different stages sure. of life. Sure. But it was it, it kind of just came in uh, as a way for me to find what worked for me uh, in terms of creating a life that I wanted to live. Because at that time, when I first came up with the book idea, I was already teaching, I was already, you know, doing things, but I just felt like I wanted a place to put all of the lessons that I'd learned into one place, because I really wanted to help people that were going through a hard time, you know, people like myself that had have the tendency of being pessimistic or have the tendency of not really loving themselves of feeling like they're a fraud or they're not a good person or they could have done better or things can be better you know um so i i really felt like this book was bubbling up inside of me and then once i started to put some ideas down in fact what's weird is this this little journal here it's a journal like i said i've i've been journaling for ever in a day and this is you know the the first entry in here is from from back i don't know if you can see that but it's yeah. from 20 2014 and this was actually the it's so funny because i have a ton of journals that i start and never finish right i'm sure many people do but that was the first time I started to play with writing a title for a book. Mm. And I, I I saw it the other day and I pulled it out and I just happened to open it. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this was when I first started to come up with this idea. And then once I felt connected to the idea, it started to come up every day more and more. I started to talk about it one year after the next, after the next, it just started to sort of snowball into this thing then that I couldn't look away right? You just, I talked about it so much. I had toyed with the idea. I had been approached a couple of times by publishers after launching the podcast. Uh, There was a couple of um, smaller publishing houses that had reached out to me and asked if I'd ever considered writing a book. And Mm -hmm. it just felt like, you know, when you're in alignment of what you need to be doing, sometimes those opportunities just come in without you even doing anything so it just very much felt like everything was falling into place but then once everything fell into place and I did it then I had a really hard time getting a book deal and it was like I got rejected 32 times and then it was like the complete opposite and so for me just the holistic experience of writing you are radically loved is so perfect because it's such a paradox and I write about the paradox and so much of my story has been living in a paradox. So it just, it just seemed to work out. You really aim this at people who are, are going through uh, adversity or have self doubt or the type of folks you work with. Uh, and just to, for full disclosure, I, I work with a um, an organization out here called horses for heroes 
uh, which is uh, uh, works with combat veterans. Yes. And um, in this program, they also have uh, a, a yoga component that they consider very important to uh, helping uh, the vets get, I guess, centered and uh, become more mindful. Uh, who do you find that you end up working with? Uh, is it, do you, do you have veterans included or these people that are coming out of maybe your old neighborhood uh, or, or uh, who are having similar issues? Who, who are the folks that are coming to you? Yeah. Everyone needs love, right? So yeah. this is, this is so great that they have that component. Uh, I love working with vets. I worked at the VA in Portland for many years. Uh, I have a lot of students that are veterans of war. Uh, I did lose two of, my, two of my best friends growing up uh, in the war in Afghanistan. And so I, I've talked about that at length in the past. Um, so that's definitely a, a, a part of my work that is very important to me. Uh, as well as working with at-risk youth. I love working with young, adolescent, troubled teens and kids. And and I go and I speak at continuation schools. And, you know, it's very much a a big portion of of what I love to do. Definitely are components of what lights me up. As far as people that I work with now, I mean, it ranges. You know, I, I do work with some notable athletes and Hollywood people and uh, a couple of pop stars, you know, I'm in LA. So the circuit here is very incestuous, you know, um, which is really fun. But, uh, but again, I I think that where I love to live is just with my people, you know, my community, whoever, that is, and it, it definitely ranges. Uh, I have a retreat or I do a teacher training or I host a, a mastermind of sorts. And I have uh, age ranges from 22 to 71, you know, so it, it sure. really, it really just depends. Like I said, everybody, I feel like it, we always go through these cycles in our lives where everything happens in phases you're either planting seeds or reaping the harvest and i think that when we go through either one of those lulls we need support and i find that a book like this when you're you are on a journey to healing sometimes it it requires us to be still and to pause and to know what to do, know what questions to ask ourselves, know who to lean on for support and so on. And so this is who I wrote the book for. I I tell people all the time, you know, and they say, who did you write this book for? And I always say that I wrote it for myself because it was the book that I needed to read for myself when I get into those moments. So I, I did my best to choose that avatar within myself that, again, is a little bit more pessimistic and a little bit more apprehensive and a little bit more um, skeptic that that's the part of myself that I wrote the book for. Let's tell everybody where they can find your book. Yeah, they can uh, find uh, the book is called you are radically loved and you can get it anywhere books are sold. You can get it on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Target, Walmart, books a million. Uh, Personally, I always love to support 
smaller bookstores, Powell's Books. I lived in Portland for a long time, so I always refer people to go to Powell's Books. Sure. Um, books, uh, books and Books in Miami is also a family-owned, small but big uh, bookstore. I always like to support them. And you can listen to it on Audible, on Audiobook, uh, Apple Books. You can pretty much get it. I narrate the book, so if you want to listen oh, nice. to me, read to you. Again, your website is radicallyloved.com. Rosie, uh, have you ever been through New Mexico, Galisteo, Santa Fe area? I've I've driven through, but I've not had the pleasure of staying, but I would love to at some point. Okay. Well, uh, you're, you're certainly invited. Uh, we'll be uh, uh, waiting for you to uh, show up and, and share some of your... Uh, yoga and mindfulness and uh yeah, so we could have a gathering i i think it'd be great that'd be <gasps> great fun yes okay. i'm excited right. we have a gallery right here in galisteo with it uh, is part of the uh, radio free galisteo studio uh we could probably set something up right in there <gasps> what yeah. oh we're doing this <laughs> okay this is happening okay all right all right Rosie, as we get ready to wind up here, any final thoughts today? I I think I'm a big fan of following the thread or breadcrumbs. And I always find that these conversations always make it to the right people at the right time. So all I would say to the people that are listening to this is follow those breadcrumbs, pull on that string, and be open to whatever shows up for you. Sometimes just because we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel doesn't mean that it's not there. Might be around the corner. Yeah. All right. Okay. You have been listening to Rosie Acosta, who is a yoga and meditation teacher, a holistic health coach, and the author of You Are Radically Loved. Rosie, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you so much, Sean. You're the best. <laughs> Well, thanks. You just made my day. For Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon.